This is 990WBOB.com, the home of internet entertainment. From Rhode Island to the world, 990WBOB.com. 990WBOB.com is an independent free media outlet. Feeling like Pitbull up in this bitch Dancing on my tiptoes up in this bitch I'm awesome Got me feeling switching my name Bob Awesome Everything else be the same Still risky biz For like 15 years That's loyalty kids Way to pull my beer Wait up while I shift my gears New year, new me New ID, too easy If I only look like G-Eazy What a stereotype They stare at my type like Where's his face patch? He stays rapping But it ain't happened I'm saying don't judge me by looks I'm about we are back on air. Woo-hoo. Can't hear myself in the headphones yet, but that's okay. Yeah, no, it's kind of... 990 WBOB. This is Noobed Tap Takeover. I'm your host, Boston Beer Benny. To my right, radio left, co-host Moses Malone. Back again, baby. We are back in the saddle. The show is called Noob Tap Takeover because we are also the hosts of the Noobed Podcast, which can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. True story. Uh, it's a weekly podcast about New England beer. Noob stands for New England Weekly Beer Discussion, the common question. Yep, creatively named. And, uh, you know, we try to aim things toward the noob uh, in the beer world. So we try to talk talk to people like they're uh, like they're trying to learn about beer. Yeah, go on there, subscribe. You'll get a weekly show. Uh, we also have some cool beer reviews on there. Check that out on iTunes. We're also on Facebook, on Instagram, yeah, all, all that cool stuff. Too. So check that out. We gotta get back into that too. We gotta do some more reviews. Yeah, I'm but we're on like the in the review mode. Exactly. We're on the radio show right now, though, which is New Tap Takeover. So we'll bring you the tap list. This is a quick rundown of what's going on today on our show. Have a great show for you. We've been away for quite some time, so yes. we got a lot to get in. Yep. Let's do it. Um, we start off every show with what are you drinking and local releases. This will be a brief topic of what we have in our glass tonight. Uh, what's coming out recently uh, in your local breweries. This is going to be kind of a highlight show based on what's been going on the past couple months. Uh, the Town Crier, new segment. I like this one. Hear this ye, hear ye. Yeah, it's going to be some <laughs> local beer news from the from the New England beer world. Love it. Uh segment we call 321, fun question-based segment where I ask Mo some hypothetical questions. Fan favorite. Uh, this is based around the Trillium anniversary party, the fifth anniversary party. That we which got we'll, screwed on. <laughs> we did. Well, we'll get into that later. And um, Brilliant Beer Minds. We have a great guest tonight, uh, Adam Askew. Very excited. Uh, he's got a lot of cool things. Just fresh off his great trip to the lovely state of Delaware. Yeah, it's a great one. What other things can you say about Delaware other than Dogfish Head is there? Yeah, I don't know. And but Adam he, went there. He's also an admin of the R.I. Craft Beer Trade Arena, which is yes. uh, very exciting. Very sweet name. It's, yeah. Similar to Noobed. Right, exactly. He's going to have a lot of cool things to talk about, so excited to talk to him uh, in about a half hour or so. Yeah, we get to uh, weird beer stuff as well, and we close it, as always, with Shelfer of the Week. Shelfer of the Week, yeah. Which is definitively what it's called. Absolutely, without question, Shelfer of the Week. So, Mo, you got anything you want to address before we get into this, or what? Um, No, let's just do it. That's it, baby. So, we'll start out the show. As always, Mo, what are you drinking? Well, I got a Tilted Barn other one in my glass right now, courtesy of the host of this show. Nice. Uh, just before that, we cracked open a tendril from Proclamation. Um, got a couple other things in the bag, too. I don't know if we'll get to them, but I brought a Derivative Galaxy, and I have a, uh, a green and very green. I thought maybe we could drink those because those are kind of old now. Should nice. probably get rid of them. Yeah, old. Yeah, old Drain news. the fridge, man. Don't die with beer in your fridge. <laughs> don't die with beer in the fridge. Uh 
I am drinking the same, drinking my way through my main stash still yep. and, and got some other things in the glass. But as you said, other one from Tilted Barn, not going to let this one go bad. So we Hell are no. trying that out. Uh, let's go to some local releases, some highlights of what has been going on since we've been away. Uh, Trillium came out with a great big collaboration, as they're known to do. Tiramisu with Jay Wakefield. Yeah, that was a goodie. <laughs> it yeah. was. I mean, what do you want? I mean, there's nothing else to say about that. Pastry stouts are hot right now. Yeah, Jay Wakefield also collabed with Trillium on uh, other famous collaborations, Affogato, which is a still a extremely high trade value yes, right now. absolutely. And the mild, barrel age, too. Yeah, and Miles Away, uh, which was a great sour that we both enjoyed. Yep. Uh, Mo, what was your favorite collaborator with Trillium? Not specifically Jay Wakefield, but Ooh. any any collaborator that they've done. Um, I really liked the collaboration that they did with The Veil, uh, Adult Human. Yeah. I think it was Valencia Oranges. or I feel like it had something to do with oranges. Yeah. Blood Orange. make, Yeah, there you go. Blood yeah. Oranges. That was... Uh, that was probably my favorite collaboration. Um, went up there for, for four packs that day. Yeah. Waited in line. Um, the other one that they did, what was it, Street Shark? Yeah, yeah. That yep. was another really good one. Cool can art on that one, too. Those were probably my top two. Um, but miles away, I bought a few bottles of that. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was a really good one. That was awesome. Jess loved that one, too. Shout out to Jess, friend of the show. Take a drink. <laughs> uh, another big collaboration, not necessarily in New England, but... Uh, other half did a collaboration with Monkish. Yeah, this was a huge one. Big, big, famous collaboration. It's called LAX to LAA yep. to signify them coming from Los Angeles to LaGuardia. Very clever. Uh, Monkish also had their fifth anniversary party this month, mm. um, which was pretty big. They did pours from other half, Trillium, Omnipolo, yep. The Veil, Cloudwater. What Just, Ben's failing to mention here is that he actually looked into going to this party. Yeah. I was uh, very close, but unlike Adam that we'll get into later, I right. didn't pull the trigger and, no, and this go was, to the dream trip. This was one hell of a trigger to pull, and yeah. Justine's probably happy you didn't pull it. Yeah, I think she is. She usually is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, locally, Rhode Island, Proclamation came out with a Sun Destroyer in cans. Great, great beer, great stout. Just had one the other night. I did get to try that on tap at the brewery. That was really good. I liked that one a lot. Really full-bodied, great big imperial stout. And they also did uh, Gold Dust, which is a Belgian strong ale. I didn't not, try that one. Not quite my thing. A little no. too strong for me, if you okay. will. Um, what was it, like 10, 11? Yeah, 11.5, I think. Oh, damn. Is All the right. percentage on that. So you're, you're talking some gibberish after that can. Right, right. And uh, they got a new sour this week. They posted a nice uh, berry... <laughs> yeah, it looked very like a beautiful, stout. pinkish, reddish, purple. With, with three merman emojis. Not Ooh. sure really what that what that. I didn't see to. the merman emojis. But That's what, interesting. What was the name of it? The Subtle Art of Pureeing the World. Yeah. See, that so, has nothing to do with merman. Well, pureeing has nothing to do with merman. No. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even make a... I can't even make a leap there. Yeah. But pureeing, you know, it's got to have some fruit puree in there. Probably blueberries or blackberries or something like that, but yeah, that, no doubt that that's going to be phenomenal. So. That comes out this Friday at noon. Get out there if you can get it. Uh, send us a can. We'll try it on Yeah, air. that's fine. Just send it. We'll give you a shout care out. Care of this address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another good brewery that Mo put me on to up in the great state of Maine and Portland. They're actually on Anderson Street in Portland, just outside of part uh, downtown. Uh, is Good Fire Brewing. They have a, a nice collab, uh, not collab, but connection locally with Proclamation. Yeah, One we, of their designers works full-time at Proclamation. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, when I went up, I was able to try three of their beers, Prime, uh, Waves, and Hydro. Waves is their Vic Secret IPA. Mm -hmm. Prime is their Citra IPA, and Hydro, the double IPA. 
great, great beers. Awesome, awesome stuff. The only reason I even mentioned them was I, I saw somebody in one of the one of the Facebook groups just mention it, uh, that they had gone there or that they had one of their beers, and it was in Portland. I know Portland's your jam, and you happen to be going up there like shortly after I saw it, so I'm going to live vicariously through Ben. Ben's going to go to Good Fire and let me know how it is. And yep. now Cinco de Mayo, when I'm up there, I will return the favor, and you can live vicariously through me. Yeah. And I'll bring you back a can, whatever, whatever. Oh, I can't wait. I, I believe it's pronounced Sinkhole de Mayo. Yeah, right. Sinkhole yeah. de Mayo. Yeah. Sorry. My fault. Um, so that is it for our local releases segment. Some um, really cool things happen. Yeah. No, I mean, you covered, like, the big ones. I just, you know, we got to talk about the, the big dogs. Yeah, I mean, we could always go on. Randos, you know? We could go on and on about trillion releases. We could. Treehouse releases. We could, and, and sometimes we do. Yeah, we generally do. That's for the <laughs> weekly podcast. Right. But this is the Noob Tap Takeover on 990WBOB.com. So That's true. We are, uh, we are continuing game. with. We'll switch segments here. Hear ye, hear ye. We'll go on to Need the, the town crier. Yeah. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah, shame. So, <laughs> um, but this is local news from your beer world. This is our town crier segment. ton of stuff has been going on locally. Uh, we are really excited. Lots of activity. Yeah, quick local announcement first uh, for Beervana 2018, which this hot off the presses. This <laughs> just came out today. So early. Um, and they announced that they will have their 10th anniversary this year in 2018. It'll be on October 12th of 2018. Okay. Nice. Tickets to come out soon. That is a Friday. Damn. If you are curious about the Beervana Fest, Mo and I wrote an article on WBOB Liquid Lunch page that you can check out. About the 2017 Beer Fest. We so did our top five beers. Just a great, great Beer Fest. Very cool. And uh, very, very local. We're, yeah, uh, such the paparazzi's a f- coming in. Such here. a foolish amount of fun. So, uh, uh, <laughs> distribution <laughs> updates locally. Uh, this is something I really wanted to get to before yes. the break here, too. So, uh, a couple local distribution notes. We just got a big distro from the state of Iowa that's coming out here mm. locally. Toppling Goliath. They just started distributing to Yankee and some other big accounts in our area. Yep. Well, you have any more information on Toppling Goliath? Um, all I heard from my uh, from my contact was that King Sue, Pompeii, Hopsmack, and Pseudo Sue were going to be the four that were released. He already uh, was kind of wrong because he told me that cans weren't going to be available, but I have seen cans out in the marketplace. Oh, so okay. um, not exactly sure where the where the communication fell down there. But, you know, some great beers from Toppling Goliath. Those are all either 99 or 100s on ratebeer.com. So these yeah. are, like, foolishly good beers. Um, we've only had the Pseudo Sue. Yeah, I, I think. had it on tap at a local bar, which was great. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had that on tap. What was the bottle that we had? Um, I had the Sumo Super. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, that was yeah, a long that was time a different ago. One. That's not locally distributed. Right, right, right. No, that was a different one. Lucky enough to get that in a, uh, a trade for some Bissell right, Brothers. Right, right, right. Uh, other local release uh, and local distro updates, Night Shift just started canning their sours, which we were excited about. Super cool. Saw those on, on shelves at uh, Yankee Liquors, uh, which is a big chain in New England. Yeah, anything you want to find can basically be it. And the so. last distribution note that I really wanted to talk about was Proclamation, which has got local distribution in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, Starting I to f- pop up on tap everywhere, too. Yeah, they've been on tap for a little while, but I just recently saw cans on yep. the shelf uh, at some local distro uh, places, which is very exciting. So this leads me to my question, Mo. With those three things in mind, I've been very happy with local distro lately. I've been saying it. It's very exciting to go to the store and be able to get this quality of beer. Uh, how do you think Proclamation, a local, like kind of a local legend in Rhode Island, how do you think Absolutely. they'll fare on the shelves compared to everything that's out there because 
uh, they're kind of only built on reputation. They don't do a ton of marketing, as nobody really does. Right. Uh, so how do you think that they'll fare if people will find it? Uh, what, do you, what do you think? They're going to be amazing on the shelf. There's no question. They're going to be the best beer on any shelf at, at any liquor store. So it is what it is. Good luck to Proclamation. I'm sure they're going to do great things. Nice. Well, uh, that's uh, it. We're going to go to commercial here. And uh, we'll be back. This is 990WBOB.com. You're listening to the Noob Tap Takeover. Be right back. This is New Cap Takeover. You're listening to the sweet sounds of Risky Biz, and that's Bob oh, Austin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got his new album out, New ID, new by ID. Bob Austin Barco yep. Beach. Check that out on Spotify and iTunes. Good friend of the show. Plug, um, plug, 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 plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also do the uh, custom song for the Noob uh, yep. podcast. So yep. Big part of our lives. Mo, next segment here. This is a big one for us. It's a Love fun segment. One. Three, two, one. We're talking about the Trillium anniversary party, mm. which was... Uh, earlier last month. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, we don't really want to get into the details, but they it did happened. put out <laughs> they did put out a fifth anniversary party held at their substation location in Roslyn. Uh, they had two sessions of 160 people each. Yep. Everyone entered a raffle. We paid to enter the raffle, but yeah, then refunded when we lost. Right. The hard news. Yeah. That uh, still I still get a tear thinking about it. Um, I'm but still they put so out, pissed off about that. <laughs> they still put out some great beers uh, yeah. from it, and they've gave us the option for this. Uh, so, are you ready to play three, two, one? Always ready. Okay, so we'll start with number three. Yep. Mo Trillium came out with an anniversary beer each year to celebrate their birthday. Uh, their three-year anniversary was dialed in. Yep. Fan favorite. Yeah, great one. Their fourth year was the Streets, which I thought was a fantastic. Was it a triple? It was a triple. I, I don't know if I tried that one. You had it. You had. I a did. Catch. You got me a can. That's I how I had it. Yeah. Nice. Good Fantastic triple IPA. You're welcome. Their fifth year was uh, QV de Tetrol. Did not have that one. Which is a mix of some of their finer beers over the years, named after the owner, yep. uh, JT Tetrol. And um, if you the, – the question is, Mo, yeah. okay, for number three, the way this works, you understand. Yeah, let's it. explain it to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, so I form – I propose questions to Mo in the, uh, three, two, and one. He has to answer – the first will have three answers. The second will have two, and so on and so forth. Uh, if you had to create an anniversary beer to celebrate your birthdays, okay, so the last two birthdays in your upcoming birthday this year, okay, uh, what would they be called, and what style of beer would they be? You can give us any description you'd like. Um, all right, so here we go. Uh, 2016 would have been my oldest birthday for this question. Sure. So I would have been 32 at the time. Um, I'm going to call this beer the old ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Only because this would be my first. My wedding was just after my birthday. Okay. In 2015. So this would have been my first birthday 
as a married man. Okay. Technically. I, I see what So this mean. would have been my first birthday since the wedding. So this beer would obviously be a barrel-aged stout that yeah. you throw in your cellar for a long time. Yeah, long time. Like, debatably, like, for life. Yeah. It might be the only beer you get to try. It might be the only beer you ever drink for the rest of your life. I see that. Yep. So you got to age that thing. Okay. Okay, so that's 2060. Mm-hmm. 2017, I was 33. Still a young pup. Um, this beer, Race to the Finish. All right. Okay, this one is a barley wine aged in whiskey barrels. Um, I kind of came up with this name because my wife was about six months pregnant at the time. Okay. And the baby was coming. And the fact that the baby was coming started to get a little real. Yeah. Kind of felt like a race to the finish. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this beer, barley wine, whiskey barrels, gives me one last sweet taste of freedom before fatherhood. Nice. So okay. So that was my 2017 beer. It's adorable. Yeah. And then coming up this year um, for my 34th birthday, which will be in September, uh, Sweet Dad Bod. Nice. That's the name <laughs> nice of the beer. Nice name. Uh, signifying the birth of the child and also celebrating the fact that I can say I'm out of shape. Okay. But... It's because I have a dad bod. Yeah, that's why. So, like, that's it's exactly nothing why. else. It's just, like, I'm a dad. This is my dad bod. I get so, it. this beer would obviously be a triple hot, triple dry hopped IPA yep. with any and every hop possible. Highest ABV humanly possible because I can never drink more than two beers before the baby's crying and she needs <laughs> something. So, it's got to be something that puts me, like, out. Yeah. Which well, isn't good parenting, but whatever. I took a crack at this myself, yeah, let's Mo. Do it. And, uh, what do you got? I'm about a year behind you in the timeline. Yep. Uh you know, well, maybe, <laughs> uh, but 2016 was a good year for me in the Great links. Year. You know, I'm a big golfer. It was a good year for me in the links. And I thought, what better way to end a round than a nice uh, summer shandy? Oh, yeah. So I thought about a lemonade shandy called the post round shandy. Love I thought it. that would be a great beer. 2017, I got married. Yes, I made that lifelong commitment there. Um, and I thought it was more of a celebration, you know? Ooh. So I went uh, light, me right now. <laughs> light and effervescent like a champagne toast. Okay. Uh, I wanted a nice light Berliner Weiss. Nice. And uh, it's simply called Celebration. Love it. I, I think that could go a number of ways. Yeah, sure. Uh, and 2018, I'm on the same path as you. I'm going double IPA, somewhere in the 10 and a half vicinity. Yep. Uh, it's simply called Life. And uh, I want it with lactose, a little coconut, maybe a little orange. Okay. High ABV to get me through the rest of my life. Nice. You know? Uh, so that was number That's three. That's great. That was a good start to that. Yeah, not too bad. Damn. Uh, number two, Mo. Uh, Trillium's anniversary, as we spoke, uh, was broken into two sessions, both of 160 people each yep. at their Roslyn substation location. If I gave you the ability to go back in time or into the future, yep. which two beer events would you choose to attend? These can be beer festivals, sure. brewery anniversaries, any beer event you'd like. This was surprisingly really easy for me because there was one thing that popped into my head and I couldn't shake it. Okay. I would want to go to, and I'm not even, I wasn't even following Treehouse at the time, but I want to be at their first and second year anniversary parties. One and two. One and two. Wow. Those would be good. my two that I would want to go to. Um, because, I mean, people always say like, oh, back in the day, Treehouse made these beers. And I yeah. can't, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of like nostalgia and people like, remembering their first trip there and everything but i'd actually like to know what those beers tasted like because i didn't i didn't try them you know i wasn't there so yeah i could be there it's always easier to say that the old stuff was better yeah of course that's like the cop out you know um i did the same thing my number one was the last good morning release for treehouse it was number one beer in the world for over a year and a half and they haven't made it since um so um i would have liked to be at that release and had some of that and uh my next one was kind of a open-ended. 
It was either Treehouse, Trillium, or other half, their 10-year anniversary. See where they are going. In the future, I like yeah. that. So I, I don't know where beer's going to go in the next five years, but I would love to None be at any do. one of them uh, and for obvious reasons. And going to number one, Mo. Yeah. This is a, a big hypothetical question for you. It's very, very important that you pay attention here. Okay. I, you have my full and undivided. <laughs> there are a lot of people that consider Trillium the top brewery in New England and possibly even the country. You're in the market for a beer industry job, right? As we all know. I'd, I'd like to consider myself. For sales, if you need his resume, yep, just hit us up. We'll get him out there. Yep. So I got to propose a hypothetical question, and this is going to meld into from a 3 2 1 to a rock and a hard place. Okay. If you will. Yeah, you're Listeners of the show know this. So this is a great hypothetical question for you, Mo. All right. Option one you have easy access to Trillium at any liquor store that you want, but okay. you have to pay double the price. Okay. Or you could be hired by Trillium for double a normal employee's salary, but you can never drink Trillium again. Oh, shit. Damn. What is your choice? Double the salary but never drink it or can drink it basically ice? Yeah. Uh, I would have to say employed by Trillium. Wow. Yeah, I got to do it. Okay. Because I, I want to be a part of that. All right. I and see what you're doing. I assume... By working at Trillium, you would be able to, you know, weasel your way into these, like, brewer trades and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you've got some really good stuff. I'm going to be trying, like, the cream of the crop because I'm going to be giving them the cream of the crop in return. So I will get the other halves. I will get the tired hands. I will get the monkish. You will, will but you'll never have Trillium. But I've had it. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. Hey, I mean, I don't know. You put me between the the rock and the hard place there, so. I see what you're saying. That's all I have. That is that's three two one. Did you are you answering the question? Uh yeah, I I am not answering the question. Okay. I, I would probably drink Trillium because I'm very happy at my job. So I <laughs> I think right, I would stay enough. there. Fair enough. Um but I do like the idea of having the ultimate trade bait at any time. Um so, <laughs> so just a quick note before we uh before we go here to commercial break, there's some new breweries opening in the Far River Mall. Yeah. We wanted to get to. This hasn't happened in over sixty years, so there's two new ones opening. Troy City uh, and Canned Heat. Uh, Mo, you know a little bit more about this, but we really wanted to touch on this this show. So, Yeah, um, we can do that. Uh, maybe after the break? No, we're doing it right now. All right, here we go. So Troy City, um, they're opening in Fall River. Um, the head brewer, Keith Cavallo, they do have an address finally. They're going to be on Anawan, Anawan, Anawan Street. Fall River. I have no idea. Um, they're going to share the building with the Narrows Center for the Arts. Uh, they're going to focus on a handful of beers. They're going to do a coffee stout, New England-style IPA. Uh, they should be ready to go basically any time now. They just got their uh, their license for their name. They are trademarked now. Yeah, what about Canned Heat? Uh, canned Heat. Um, canned Heat is going to be open any day now. 52 Ferry Street, Fall River. They should be open in May. Miles and Matt Wilson, uh, co-owners, super excited to do it. They're going to do a lot of experimental beers, so they seem like they're doing some great things there. All right, great. Well, this is 990 WBOB. You're listening to Noob Tap Takeover. Right after the break, we have Adam Askew on the line. Nine ninety WBOB dot com. I don't wanna take those L's no more. I'm running, I'm running up the score. I don't wanna play those. 
All right, we're back. Noob Tap Takeover, 990WBOB.com. Very excited to be back on the on the airwaves, and we have a brilliant beer mind for you, Mo. Yeah, very excited to On the to line with us guy. now, Adam Askew, admin from the Rhode Island Craft Beer Trade Arena. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing good. I, I think brilliant's a little bit uh, overstated. <laughs> no, come but, on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to good to hear from you, Adam. What's what's going on, man? Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, just basically got back from uh, Dogfish Head uh, down in Delaware. Um, went to a festival out there for the release of uh, Cor de Malt, um, which they basically brought back um, after I had harassed them on social media for about a year. Um, so basically. It, Ended up being a uh, real awesome time, um, good vibes all around, um, but I'm definitely happy to be back in Rhode Island. So for our listeners that don't know, uh, Adam actually literally pestered Sam from Dogfish Head to bring back Le Corps de Malt. Adam, how, how did this come about? Like, were you just in every forum there was? Were you in his inbox every day? I mean, how do you get a brewer to bring back a beer that literally doesn't exist anymore? Uh, just persistence. So basically it kind of all started like one night. Um, I remember there was like a very brief time period where I was, you know, I'm still trying to drink good beer, but I'm also trying to cut down costs. And obviously when you're a craft beer consumer, like costs sometimes can be, uh, something that goes overlooked. Um, so I picked up a bottle of malt liquor. Um, I, I want to say it was like old English. I tried it, thought it was great. Uh, I know that sounds super weird for someone who, like, has tried, like, a bunch of different beers and, like, I'm super, like, snobbish about something, but I think malt liquor is one of those things that's, like, a, a really malign style that nobody's, you know, people are doing it basically as a super cheap, cost-effective way of uh, getting hammered. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, when you actually kind of sit down and enjoy it, like, it's kind of like your North American adjunct lager ramped up to 10 while also, like, keeping that super clean ferment that, um, you know, the big BMC brands, your Bud Miller cores, are obviously known for. Um, so basically, I, ha- I had a malt liquor. It kind of turned into a couple different, uh, a couple different uh, malt liquor tastings. Like, I think I would do, like, malt liquor Thursday at my house and basically get a 40 <laughs> every single week and try Jesus. one. You're like um, real deal, man. And so, yeah. And so basically from that, I was like, well, you know, what – Who's, do, who's done this? Who's doing this? And, like, obviously we had, last year we had DKML from Founders that came out, which was, like, yep. a real real crazy beer. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was super enjoyable just because it was very, very uh, fusel-ridden. Um, but it was definitely a nice thing to have. So, basically, I saw that Dogfish had done one. Um, I, I want to say I got up into DMs of a couple different breweries. One, I remember, of like, Night Shift saying, hey, you guys should do, like, a 40. That'd be, like, really cool. Um, I did the same thing with Dogfish. Um, ended up basically just subscribing to their their Facebook notifications. And on basically every post that I would see, I would make it somehow, I would make a comment that was somehow vaguely related to Liquor to Malt. Um, Mariah, who is Sam's wife, runs all of their uh, social media accounts. So basically in seeing that, like, I guess it got, it got around. Like, I remember... Um, 
my girlfriend Riley had went to Birvana and the, all the people from Dogfish had basically, you know, knew who I was. Because um, you're so famous, dude. Kind of, you're famous. What's that? You're famous. Uh, it, it, it was it was nice to get recognition because, like, I think especially now in an incredibly saturated market, consumer feedback is so, so important. And so when you have these big breweries, you know, Dogfish Heads, like, I want to say that they're the 12th largest producer of craft beer in America right now. I believe um, It's so awesome to see those people get active with, you know, people who are, uh, you know, interacting with them on social media. Obviously, it's great to see them interact in person, um, which I kind of got to experience this weekend. Um, but I think that that kind of consumer feedback is incredibly important. And, you know, you can see a lot of breweries, if they if they don't have that kind of feedback or if they have negative feedback as far as uh, talking with consumers, it, it blows up really quick oh. just because of, you know, the Internet age makes it that way. Yeah, that's definitely true. We've seen a bunch of breweries crash and burn. We've talked about it on this show and our podcast before just from not having – proper social media skills. Um, I wouldn't expect that from Dogfish Head. They seem like classy dudes. Now, I do have one question about this release. Um, obviously, you went there. You you had put in your due diligence before. This whole thing happened f- because of you, essentially. Did they reserve beer for you, or did you wait in line like a regular human? It, so, basically, the way that they did it, I thought, was pretty smart. Um, they basically released it in conjunction with a festival, um, every single year they have a weekend of compelling ales and whatnot, which is basically a, uh, a food and beer festival. So they'll basically premiere a bunch of their experimental beers, um, have a food pairing with them, um, and they'll have like DJ spin music and basically open up the brewery for tours. Like you could have taken a tour in the treehouse that, you know, that steampunk treehouse that's on their, their uh, premise um, and take normal tours there. It was basically just kind of like a free-for-all there. Um, so basically what we ended up doing is um, the bottle only came with the purchase of a VIP ticket. So uh, me being me, I basically kind of saw the packages. There was like one for, you know, th- there was like a super VIP package where we stayed at the Dr. Shin, um, got to have breakfast with Sam, uh, got to, you know, obviously get the bottle, get in an hour early, get VIP sessions. Um, so it kind of seemed like a no-brainer for me to kind of, like, get acquainted with the Dogfish family in that regard. Um, so, you know, I got my bottles, like, uh, everybody, they just, we had wristbands on, they cut our wristbands, they gave us a bottle. Um, I ended up talking to a bunch of the other VIPs because basically the inn, when um, the festival wasn't going on that Friday and Saturday night, um, everybody was basically doing shares in the inn lobby, they were doing shares um, out at the fire pit, um, which was just kind of like an awesome vibe thing. Um, I basically went down with a cooler of, you know, beers, you know, your Trilliums, your, um, your I had like a couple barreled Souls beers in there. I basically nice. went down to and um, placed my cooler down and was like, just like, I'm going to share a bunch of beers just like if you want something and you want to just for yourself, take it, replace it with liquor de malt and like, that that'll be that, and I'll share the rest. Oh damn! Um, so I ended up getting, you know, so it was kind. Of, it was nice because, like, obviously, I like people, especially we. There were a bunch of people from Pittsburgh in the inn with us. Um, they don't get out this way, obviously. Right. Um, to enjoy the stuff from Trillium, so I had a bunch of Trillium sours that people basically hopped on. Um, ended up 
introducing somebody to deciduous um, brewing up in um, New Hampshire yep. um, with their barrel program that isn't uh, functioning anymore. But it, it was basically just kind of a, a good all-around to just be able to, A, give people beer that they would want and be, get the thing that I had basically, you know, tried to get for, you know, around a year. That's that- no, that's ahead, that's man. awesome stuff, Adam. That's that's really great, uh, and we're super excited for you. That's all been well documented on the uh, Rhode Island Craft Forum. So definitely if you get has. a chance to get over it's, it's there, been a saga. it's been a saga. Um, I definitely like my intentions. I'm still trying to plan things out. Um, I'm trying to get people over for a share to kind of just like you know have everybody try it. Like I'm gonna give you a preview right now. It's just malt liquor. It's really it's <laughs> just malt liquor, and so like. I loved it. I loved it. It was the first thing I drank at the festival. They paired it with like a Frito pie. It was it was awesome. Uh, but like, I would like to have something like a similar kind of vibe event. Of, like invite people over, have some have some you know trashy food, and just like honestly, I want to do a malt liquor tasting. So if anybody listening is interested in that, let me know because I know like a bunch of the craft like craft people will be like, I can't believe you're doing that. But like. That's just that's just kind of what I'm I'm about is just trying to explore these like weird styles that either you know are you know your North American adjunct lagers, your malt liquor, or even your like weird sour styles that people hate, and trying to find like the good in them. So anybody who's down to do that, let me know. Well, yeah, you're so far you're so far ahead in the taste bud cycle that absolutely you're like you're. You're coming back to the circle. beginning. <laughs> yeah. You're coming back to the beginning that started <laughs> exactly people in beer. It's it's so funny because that's exactly how I've like been describing it to people. Like there was a huge period where like I didn't really drink macro beer. Um, I kind of like started with you know your blue moons, your shock tops, sure. and then yeah. kind of graduated over to real craft. Got into the super trendy IPAs, and then I'm trying to like remember. I think it was like when I was trying to cut back on beer. I had I bought like a 12 pack of Jack's Happy House Lager. Yeah. Um, and it was just, like, mind-blown of how, like, clean, drinkable, and how much, like, nuance was going on um, that people are just kind of like, oh, whatever, it's just beer that tastes like beer. Um, and so for, like, for me, it was just kind of, like, an exciting moment to kind of come back and, like, explore all those styles that, like, I know there are lots of people out there who love loggers and, like, there are a lot of, like, logger groups, but it's one of those things that it's not, it's not, like, it's not your tree houses, it's not your trilliums. You don't know, I don't remember the last time that somebody's waited in line for a logger. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, I mean, it's it's pretty clear. I think I think we probably have some, even some deaf listeners that maybe can tell that you're a true craft beer, like, aficionado. Yeah. So I kind of want to segue into the next part of the conversation here. You're also an admin. Yeah, you're also an admin in the Rhode Island Craft Beer Trade Arena. Yeah. Um, just talk talk quick about the group, how it got started. I mean, obviously you're an admin, but what exactly do you do for the page? Um, honestly, my admin role is. I feel like a lot of my stuff is pretty small. I most of what I try to do as an admin is try to foster conversation. You know, keep people up on news because obviously, like I'm a fiend when it comes to social media and trying to keep people, you know, informed about releases and trends and things that are kind of going on, tap takeovers, whatever it be. Um, I know that my other admins, uh, you know, Kyle, Matt, and Ryan, and also Phil, um, they do a lot of the, you know, policing of things, like when people are just kind of like acting out, 
and being like crazy on the internet, which is like trolling, really you can, silly. You can say it's, it's trolling. Modern age, because it's like, you know, it's 2018. Like, why you have to wild out and on the internet? I don't know. Um, my like my, I like to think that I try to bring some kind of like cohesiveness as far as like, you know, people people getting news and trying to keep a good vibe and trying to keep kind of like conversation going. Um, like I, as far as like, I'm not huge on policing. Um, it's kind of been apparent just because there's been scenarios where I've come up where people should have just been like moved. And I've always tried to kept, keep a clear and level head, talk to people. And in the majority of the circumstances, it doesn't work out. Yeah. But, um, uh, no, yeah. it's, it, it's great. We basically, the, the goal really is to kind of foster communication, foster trades, um, and basically keep people up on what's going on in Rhode Island craft beer, Massachusetts craft beer, and the surrounding areas, and even like areas far away. It's basically just a Rhode Island-based group um, that's kind of meant to be an information hub, a trading hub, um, and also just kind of like an, a community. Two more quick questions here, Adam. Uh, one, yeah. uh, when can we expect the merch? Uh, we've been hearing a lot about Rhode Island craft beer trade arena merch. When can we expect it? That is a good question. Uh, I've got to talk to the guys. We were still trying to find um, a designer. Um, last I had heard, we were basically, you know, we had kind of gone down a couple designer paths. Um, we had been doing, we'd been trying to work on merch, and then we hadn't been trying to work on merch. But um, it obviously, I know people are very interested in it, so I think it's time to kind of get that conversation back up. Because um, once we get a design, we'll print it on glasses, we'll print it to stickers. Yeah, we'll kind of just roll with it. Yeah, right. Well, we can't wait for that to hit runway. Yeah, I'll definitely be on board with that. <laughs> and uh, last thing, Adam, how can people join uh, the Rhode Island Craft Beer Trade Arena? Is there an entry process? Can they just get in and not spam the account? Do they have to apply? What's the process? Basically, it's you just uh, it's a, you add a join request. You fill out a short form, uh, a short survey. Um, it's mostly just like. You know, what are you into in craft beer? Is there somebody that can vouch for you? Um, since we do do a lot of trade-related items, we kind of want to weed out people who might, um, you know, do bad trade deals and not uh, fulfill their end of a shipping trade. Um, but basically, it's just a short thing. Pretty much everybody gets uh, let in unless, you know, there's something fishy about your account, like, you know, you it was just made yesterday or something like that, or it's a very... Obviously not a real person, so um, just hit join. We'll see your requests, um, and we'll let you in, and then you can be a part of this grand old community that we've got going on. Well, we thank you, Adam, for calling in. Uh, Adam is an admin from the Rhode Island Craft Beer Trade com- trade Arena. Correct, yeah. <laughs> a little more savvy yeah. for like the, the merch that's coming soon. You so. can search it in uh, in Facebook. It's a Facebook group. As you said, you fill out a small survey. You get in there. You get in the conversation. And Adam's... Thank you so much for your time, Adam. Yeah, let's grab a beer soon, Adam. Hey, all right? Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Thank you. Take Next up, we got Weird Beer Stuff. We'll end it with Shell for the Week. And uh, you're listening to Tap Takeover 990WBOB.com.
Man, all right, we're back. Tap Takeover, new Tap Takeover, 990WBOB.com. Mo, what a guest. Wow. That guy is impressive. I am so thoroughly impressed with him. I want to hang out with him and have a malt liquor now. Yeah, I mean, that that was just sorry, that's sorry. Gonna be tough to follow. But we got to de malt. <laughs> yeah, but we got to finish that. Uh, we got to finish the show off strong. We got to do it. I mean, we got to try to bounce back, yeah. Uh, so a quick local story before we get into weird beer stuff. And as always, Shelfer of the Week. It's Shelfer. Definitely Shelfer of the Week. Without a question. Um, local brewery, local legend brewery, uh, Smutty Nose up in New Hampshire, one of the OGs. Uh, yeah, one of the first craft beers I ever had back in the day, the Brown Spotted Ale. I'll never forget it. Um, they uh, recently went up to auction. They fell on hard times, went up yep. to auction. Yep. And they were sold at auction to an investment bank for the tune of $8.25 million bought by a bank. I think it's Provident, I think it was called. Yeah, I believe the bank. That, that name sounds familiar. Uh, but you did say, we covered this on the, the new podcast, but you yeah. did say there was an update on the story. Yeah, so everybody kind of like got down in the doldrums here. You know, you don't know what you got till it's gone type of thing. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, it is, it is. But, you know, I, I hate to say it, but breweries usually go under because the product, you know, either doesn't keep up with the times or, you know, whatever the case may be. I, I think that's probably a little bit of the case with Smutty Nose. They weren't doing things that were, you know, necessarily relevant in the moment a lot of breweries kind of lapped them a little bit but everybody got kind of down when the bank bought them because they assumed that was the end of the road for smutty nose but they seem to have gotten some new life here at the end um a venture capitalist group actually bought the rights to smutty nose and all of the accoutrement if you will nice since we're on like a french kick right now the coup de mot yeah um they bought the whole kit and kit and caboodle from the bank and they're going to reopen it as Smutty Nose. That's so a they're neat gonna, story. So the first thing they're going to do is install a canning line. That's like first and foremost because if you don't have cans, you're basically dead. Yeah. Um, so they're going to open a, a – they're going to start a canning line. They're going to start putting out new product. They're going to pump some, some, uh, some money into the business and, and try to save this thing. And the amount of beer that they can produce, I mean, it's definitely a possibility that they can make some money from it. I mean, Smutty Nose is not a small brand. No, I mean they were still making money, just probably not at the clip right. that they wanted to, and, and maybe they were, they were we only, don't know the business, the books behind it, you know. Only brewing at half capacity for the last like year yeah. is what the report said. So, I mean, you're you're not using half of your stuff, yeah. Obviously, because it's not selling, but um, yeah, I mean, a cool story. So it's not, you know, the last breath of air has not come out of their mouth yet. They're still alive. They still have a dog in the fight. Yeah. Um, they're gonna try to stay on our shelves and. Be Smutty Nose. So. Well, good luck to Smutty Nose. Good luck we to wish them the best. And, yeah. uh, I've actually been to that brewery. Yeah. Cool brewery. I mean, it was like brand new when we went there. I was I was really bummed out to see that they had that they had closed, but yeah. You know, but they're not closing, so that's good news. So now we're on to a fan favorite segment, Mo. This is the weird, the wacky in the in the, the beer world. Weird beer stuff. Yep. It's one of our classic segments. I have a great story for you, Mo. In Dawson City, Canada. When was the last time you went to Dawson City? Um, I believe it was 2012. Yep, it was 2012. It was 2012. I was there. I yeah. So. so they have a cocktail uh, called the Sour Toe Cocktail. Mm. Do you remember getting this when we were I there? I don't. No, I don't think I had one of these. I think I passed on it. Yeah, it's only five bucks wow, uh, at a local brewery, but uh, it's Yukon Jack. It's it's simply named Yukon Jack. Uh, there's a one little kicker here. I can drink Yukon Jack. Did you get the pin? 
the pun, I mean, not the pin. Yeah, I got it. Uh, there is a toe in your cocktail. It's called the sour toe cocktail for a reason. Right. Actually, has a human toe in it. Oh. Um, this toe though is okay. preserved in salt. So oh, it yeah, so it's have totally fine. Any taste, uh, any smell, yeah, won't affect the shot other than visually. Okay. Uh, and it might, it might just kiss your lips a little bit. Yeah, you it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna touch your lips. Shout out to Crit. And um, <laughs> it is. Uh, the the legend has it, it's an old rum runner thing. So a rum runner one time lost the toe, and they put it in the whiskey shot to commemorate him. Okay. Uh, how so, did he, did, is the legend say how he lost his toe? Uh, well, he's a rum runner. So I he imagine. just cut it off it like that was like a penalty? Or he lost it to frostbite or something. Ah, okay. You know, uh, but they actually do ask local science departments for toe donations to keep the shot going. The That's sour toe cocktail... In Dawson City, Canada, Mo, just five bones. So, I mean, when you die, would you donate your toe to this? I don't see why not. I why don't need them. I don't need them. Who's going to use your toe? Nobody. Not you. No. Not me. I might keep it, though, for more of a house sour toe. But you got two. Keep it in the family. I mean, you have ten, really, but I'm thinking big toes here. Yeah. You Is it a big toe, toe, do they say? They don't. I'm guessing it's It has big to be toe. a big toe. Yeah. I mean, you want it to fill up the whole glass. Yeah. At the end of yeah, the day, you're a you bar. Want. You're a bar. You want to clean the margin, you know? <laughs> More toe, want. less that's liquor. True. That's true. That cup. makes sense. It's only five bucks, though. So that is weird beer stuff, the that sour toe weird. cocktail. We'll post that on our new Facebook group. Yeah. If you're a podcast listener, you may have heard that in the past. They still do that? They still do that How does that not day. violate any codes? It's Canada, Mo. They, oh, yeah, they, they don't care. That's true. They can do whatever yeah, they, they want. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. Uh, you get sick, go to the doctor. It's free. So we are on to a segment that has been, I think, unanimously named Show for the Week. Yes. Pretty much everybody we've ever talked to or heard from has said shelf for the week. Yeah, I'm I'm almost positive it's Shelfer with an ER. It absolutely is. Because that's the, the way The confusion would be, I think, the, the term for when you're standing at a liquor store and you take a picture of yourself in front of the shelf. Yeah, it's a which shelfie. Which, of course, is called a shelfie. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but anyway, shelf for the week. I might actually get on the Adam Askew train here and write Webster's Dictionary to try to yeah. get Shelfer in there. I we I feel like we should. When you search the internet, what do you find when you look up Shelfer? You find you Shelfer find of the Week. our show. From noobs. Shelfer of the Week. So this is Shelfer of the Week. It's a rite of passage for every craft beer drinker. Sometimes you're not able to get to the breweries. You want to go out to the liquor store and find the best beer you can find. Uh, and we have some shelfers of the week for you, Mo. I will start it off if you don't mind. Oh, we got some bangers here. Yeah, I, I got a great beer this weekend at a local liquor store uh, from a brewery called Lamplighter Brewing out of Cambridge, Mass. Oh, yeah. They make rock-solid stuff. You can never go wrong when you find this stuff. They made a beer called Bunnies, mm-hmm. uh, which is a double dry-hopped IPA with Azaka and Nelson Savan hops. Uh, the beer is actually the lower... ABV version of another beer they have called Rabbit Rabbit, which yep. is a double IPA. I'm assuming they came out with this lighter version for Easter. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't Go, know. Goes well in an Easter basket. Nice light pink, pink label, yep. fit with the pastels. Yep. Uh, and it's a great solid beer. I've never been disappointed with anything that Lamplighters put out. Dude, we've talked about it on on air, off air. Lamplighter is a got-to-go-to. To. Yeah. you got to get there. I actually said it on the way. I don't even consider it a shelfer anymore. It's not. I consider it above a shelfer. It is. That we can get at liquor stores. It's a shelfer that's above a shelfer. Yeah. Uh, emphasis on shelfer. So what do you got? I got another great shelfer here, uh, another local brewery, Massachusetts, Framingham, Mass., Exhibit A, doing mm. fantastic things out there. They are. They put out a couple different beers, uh, 14 and 15. Uh, 15 is the D double IPA version of 14. 14 is a pale ale, comes in at a little lower ABV. My official shelfer is 15. 
Uh, it was originally released as Demo Tape 15, but now they've renamed it 15. Uh, it's in their regular rotation now. Australian Hops, Ella, and the oh-so-popular recently, Vic Secret. That hop is just so hot right I now. I love Vic Secret. 7.7%. It's a DDH IPA, 4.22 on untapped. You find a beer higher than 4.22 on untapped on a shelf. You tell me where you found it because I want to go drink it. Yeah. Um, this is a great one. Uh, it was 20 bucks for the four-pack. It was a steal. Yeah, so that's great. Those two beers, Bunnies and 15, you can find on shelves this weekend. Grab them. Uh, big thank you to Adam Askew. Yeah, great. From the Rhode great Island Craft that was Beer awesome. Trade Arena. Uh, this has been Noob Tap Takeover, WBOB.com. Before we go, we are on again next week, next Tuesday, 9 oh, p.m. Yeah. We have a great guest, Jeff, from Startline Brewing. He is at the start line of the Boston Marathon. You can't miss it. you got to go try his stuff. And we'll have him on next week. And we Mo? will see you then, or we will see you at another time. <laughs> That's very All right. confusing. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. See ya.